This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napolitan. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life, more business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. And today, my guest is Jim Blachek. There's so many things, but one thing is from one of the saddest, well, the saddest moment in his life, something that none of us would ever want to express, which he'll share, and transformed the biggest turning point in his life where now he has been able to make such an impact, not only in his own family's lives, but in so many people's lives and all well uh, being able to start living life. I think that's what we're going to come. The words that we came to in this podcast is choosing life. And we all want that, but how do we actually do it? What decisions can we make? And then being an entrepreneur and a founder of a business himself, we're going to intertwine into that. How does he do that as an entrepreneur and take care of his employees' lives, his clients' lives, really thinking consciously about the people that he touches? How does he do all that and be profitable? That's what we're going to find out. All right, Jim, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Great chance to talk today. Yeah, and you know my my more business, more life philosophy, and we've had time to work together and you know, really get to know each other and spend a lot of time with our, our families. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation and just, we'll get in a lot of different areas with Jim today, but I wanted to kind of start with where you are. So you've been, you know, maybe just so people get a grasp of where you've been, you've been in the benefits industry for a long time, but I think, you know, for me, one thing, maybe as you highlight that, I'd love to hear your perspective of, of you and your, your industry you've had kind of like the first part of your career and then the second the second wave that has really opened and how you're changing people's lives like literally because you're changing the way we think about insurance mm-hmm. and i love that about you and so maybe you can you know just shed the you know your business so people know who you are before we get deep into conversation and then you know maybe a little highlight on that you know before and now sure so I am uh, been in this business since the late '80s, and um, how I got into business, I, I always say I just answered a blind ad, and any monkey could have got hired in the position I got into. It was just you know filling bodies for spaces, and and uh, and it was the insurance business, and um, I realized that there was aspects of, of that were more conducive to a family life. Initially, it was you know talking to people and families at night at their homes and making phone calls at night. And, and it was working all day and then working all night. And, and, and so I think realizing that if, way, if you work in the employee benefit space, you're talking to business owners and, and you don't have to go to people's houses at night and you can be with your family. And so it began that transition of understanding that there should be more to life than work. 
And, um, and so that was the beginning of understanding. I, I wanted to have a different focus in my life. And so we began down that path. And for the longest time, I was what, what I would call a traditional health insurance. broker. And um, should I kind of talk about the story about how I got to where I am today, Steve? Well, I, yeah, I can appreciate that. Like, if, if especially if you're going to highlight the difference to, between that traditional model that you were with and then what you're what you're doing now to transform healthcare in this country. Is that what you're planning to touch on? Yeah, it's going it, to it's sort of about my why and what 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 re, re, reset my focus. And so Yes, I'd love yeah, I know yeah, I know yes, please do share that. I was as I mentioned, I had been in this business a long time and a traditional health insurance broker trying to do what was best for employees and employers in designing and selling health insurance plans offered by a carrier. And it, the story really begins, it was February 26, 2013. And um, we were coming off a phenomenal 2012. And to celebrate, I live in Pennsylvania in, in the colder parts of it. My friends and I liked the snowmobile. And so we grabbed our snowmobiles, jumped in our trucks, and we drove 12 hours deep into Canada. The place we stayed at, picture this, was seven miles down this long, winding driveway. That driveway was off the main road, which was a dirt road as well. And so about 11 o'clock that night, after the long driver here, I knock on it. And I'm thinking, okay, somebody wants to begin the party, have a cocktail, and, and, and have that five days of Nirvana to begin right then. And I opened the door, and it was my friend Ned. And Ned had this look on his face. And I said, what's up? And he said, you need to call Danny. And immediately my heart dropped. Danny's my best friend. Danny knew exactly where I was. Danny's a funeral director. Immediately, I think my mom's 78, my dad's 83, something's happened one day. So I was outside frantically searching for that elusive cell signal. And eventually I did get a hold of Danny. And uh, it, the words he told me changed my life forever. It wasn't my mom and it wasn't my dad. My 22-year-old son had committed suicide that day. And I don't tell people this story because of that. I really tell the story because of what's happened since. For the next two and a half years of my life, I was my company's worst employee. I wasn't present mentally, physically, or emotionally. Yet my company actually survived and thrived. It grew. And if you'd asked me how or then, back, you know, how or why back then, I couldn't have told you. But three years ago, maybe four years ago now, the light bulb finally went off and I realized when I stepped out of my business, my employees stepped up. My employees actually saved our business. And I realized without employees, I had no business. And then I made the connection, I think, that really changed my life forever. I realized, you know what? All these employers that I've worked with all these years, without their employees, they've got no business either. And so... My focus changed on selling health insurance to employees to truly helping employees have better access to higher quality health care that reduced the employer cost. But the caveat to that is that the employer then shares some of that savings back to the employees to give them access to health care that can be free. And so that's really the epiphany that happened. It's to honor my employees, to honor my son, and to, and to honor the employees of all the employers that I've worked with. And so that's the, the, really the, the change point of my life was realizing 
there's a better way to do things. There's a better way to help people. And so we're trying to you know, change how people access healthcare. We're trying to eliminate the waste that's inside of healthcare. Um, and so just a little, little couple statistics. 67% of all bankruptcies in the United States are caused by medical debt. 67%. Half of those people have health insurance. So it's not working the way it is. So we need to change how it's delivered and change people and change their lives in, in, a, in a positive way. So that's what I do with it. And so, I mean, there's so much there, Jim. I mean, you know, so much that you shared. And thank you for being so transparent and vulnerable to to share your story. Uh, it's so important. I think I can't, you know, for any parent and I'm a parent myself, as you know, uh, you know, to have that, you know, to, to have one of your children, you know, go on before you do, you know, I think, you know, as parents, we all want to die before our kids, you know? So, so one to go through that and then two to, to honor that, to, to choose to live. And, you know, even going through that dark period, really a transformational period and fi- you know finding yourself i think once you had told me when when we were talking about this a couple of years ago you said uh you know through this you know tragic thing you kind of found yourself in a way yeah i mean i you know it, it's uh, i've got this period of my life up until uh, you know the, really just shortly after my son's death and even for the next few years, uh, there's there's extreme blanks in space of my life. I was existing. I wasn't living. And through my son's death, it's almost, I, I liken myself to the phoenix. From the ashes of, of his death, I arose and have become a, tra- a transformation, really transformed me into somebody living into living fully today appreciating everything I have, finding gratefulness in the most unusual places, but truly understanding that life can be a hell of a lot worse. And what I have today is, 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 is amazingly phenomenal. And I'm grateful. It's, and that, you know, me choosing gratitude is so important and, you know, it really is about choosing life. And you just said it, it's that choice. We all have choices every day. And, you know, you could have uh, chose to, you know, let it get darker and darker. And, and, you, and you have other children too, and you have so many things to live for. And so, I, you know, I think, you know, probably there are a number of things. I guess I'm really curious because, and I know how much you want to save lives. In fact, you sent me this bracelet. I'm wearing a bracelet right now. It says, be a lifesaver. And, you know, and you're wearing yours too. And, you know, so if you're listening, we're, we're showing it. We have these blue, I think they come in different colors, but I like the blue one that Jim sent me. So, so if you, if you don't mind, I, I just, I'm really curious because, you know, and especially the emotional, you know, before we got onto this podcast, we were talking about how so many people through this period of time through 2020, you know, not taking serious the mental wellness, you know, that we're looking at wellness going through 2020. And we haven't looked at that. And there are many people in depression right now. They're saying it's like through the roof. They even said suicide rates have gone up and so many things. And, you know, years ago, they used to say, don't talk about suicide because every time you talk about it, it spikes suicides. But the the amount of people having this happen are happening are, are it's not going down that doesn't help to not talk about it. i think we need to talk about it 
you know, so when you went into that, so I guess what's what I'm curious and what might be useful, and maybe you have some other things you'd like to share that are useful that you found, but what helped you get out of the dark space? You know, like, as you, you know, you talk about that two-year period, was there like a moment or did it evolve out? How did you pull yourself out of that, Jim? You know, there's a couple of things that, that truly are unusually impactful. You know, and so, and, and I think when you go to, you know, you know, somebody has lost a love. And, and honestly, it's not, you don't have to say anything, but the human touch is such a healing force. The, you know, I, I can't remember a single thing anybody said to me at my son's service, but I can remember most of those hugs. And so it, it you know, don't feel that you have to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, everybody's sorry. Show your sorry. Share your love. Share your energy. Share your compassion. That was honestly the first step for me that got me through that most horrific time of my life. I really and, want to repeat and, and, and what if, you said. I, and I'll let you continue. But you didn't hear what people said, but you remember the hugs. Yeah. I just want to highlight that. I want, you know, that that's powerful, that line right there. And, 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 and that's honestly what I think has been the saddest part about this whole COVID experience is that people have needed hugs and, and we've created this fear of touch, of sharing, of caring that so many people who could have been helped by that didn't get it. And that's sad, really. And, and it's, uh, you know, it, it, it sucks, in my opinion. I mean, you know, they kept, they talked about social distancing. It wasn't social distancing. It was physical distancing. And the physical distancing was impactful in a significantly negative way as well. It, that, that's one thing that I, I'm curious how to, you know, we're going to need to focus and put some strength and thought and, and hugs to coming mm-hmm. out of this because, you know, what's going to happen as we pass through this. And then, you know, it's not like we never have sickness. It's not like we never have flu. I mean, these are things we've dealt with and people do die and it's sad. And we hate to say that, but it happens every year. A certain amount of people die. And, and I'm not trying to, to, uh, you know, be uncompassionate with that. But what I guess I'm trying to say to your point, Jim, is that, you know, I hope that we can recover from this. And the next time someone gets sick, that we're not, you know, pushing them away. I remember a nutritionist, like health consultant in Australia that I met. And he said, you know, it's sad how he sees some parents now, like when their kids get sick, they get as far away from their kids as possible. And he, this is many years ago, he showed a picture, he had a picture of him and he wrote this article of him holding his sick child on his chest and just there. And he said, you know, we're probably going to get sick together anyway. And if we're all getting this and we're, you know, cause you build immunity with every sickness. Right. So he's like, we're just go through it all together. And he said that ever since he chose to do that, the whole family gets better faster. Like within a couple of days, they're all better. And he saw neighboring families that were getting that same cold for that. And this is way before 2020 years and years before that, that the neighboring families would be sick for weeks. And because they all gave each other hugs, laid with each other, got better together, you you know, they they actually healed quicker. I think this is just a testament. And I often think of him because to me, that was a shocking 
story because I've seen it. Everyone's like, stay away. I got to go to work. Don't get near me. And they all just like hugged each other, got over in a couple of days, loved each other. And then they moved on. You know, it's just an interesting concept. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, when you go through something like this for a period of time, it creates new habits. You know, it's, uh, it, you know, uh, because of a, a, a death, my one of my wife's family members passed away. And the first flight we went on since uh, 2020, we were getting, we we're on the plane. And then a woman comes on with her baby and she has all this stuff and she's alone. And I wanted to help, but there was like this thing of not touching her stuff and all this. And I knew something was going to happen. And then of course her beverage spills all over the seats. I had to move seats. I mean, this was a huge thing. They even didn't take the plane off. And even though I was able to move seats, I was like, Oh, why are you doing it? They're like, we have to replace the seat because the next flight is going to have to deal with it when we land. So we have to deal with it now. So it delayed the flight. And I know in my heart a year ago before that i would have helped that woman i would have said oh let me hold that for you and we wouldn't have even had that she would have sat down it was it was a disaster because of not being able to help it's just and and so i guess i'm just saying all this because as we move forward whatever your beliefs are wherever you are i hope as you move forward that you you work we have to work at this because we're going to have a habit of not being there for each other because we've created this habit of distancing this, you know, like you're saying, yeah, you know, it's, it, I think what's, what's come to me is that we spent the last, what, 17, 18, what seems like forever trying to stay alive that we didn't live. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it almost feels like uh Rumpelstiltskin or whatever that, you know, it's just, we, we, we just, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's been, it's, it's been the most odd experience and, and, and in some ways, it's been the most amazing experience. In some ways, it's been a very just horrible experience for many people. But it just, I, I guess that's what you make it. Well, yeah, and that's where the gratitude comes in because we're talking about all these things and they do get me curious. And, you know, because I look at social tendencies, you know, belief systems, mindset, and I've gotten fascinated over, over this in the last 10 years. I look at these things that we're talking about and how we're going to come out of this as a society. So I'm interested in these conversations, but also, well, we look at all these things that might make things more difficult or have made things more difficult. I have looked at so many things of gratitude because you know, you know me, Jim, I'm all about like slowing down so we can, you know, you know, make new things in our life to even go faster. Like it sounds like an oxymoron, but to slow down to go faster. And that's happened for me and so many others. Like we've had a massive slowing down. Like, you know, this has really forced us to all slow down and think. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have changed the direction of their life because of decisions made during this last 18 months, you know, because of this. So there's a tremendous amount of, of graduate. And, you know, I always find there's a saying that I have life taps you and it taps you and then it slaps you. And I think part of this is like, you know, a big slap to all of us. And um, we're finding new ways to, to come out of this. So I think it's almost like a cocoon process that, that we as a society have gone through and, and, and then I think this comes back to the word choice that we brought to this conversation. Are you going to choose to come out as that butterfly or, or, or what, you know, what are you, what are you going to, what are you going to make happen? So I guess through this process to flip to that gratitude, maybe what are the highlights of your gratitude or the, the decisions that you've made over the last 18 months that are driving you forward? Uh, maybe let's switch gears to that. to so some of the, sure. the positive sides. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I had contemplated, 
having the ability to work remotely and um, manage the team. And COVID thrust that upon us probably sooner than uh, what we would have done. And, and, and my business partner and I had had conversations around it and he wasn't real keen on it. But COVID helped uh, show us that we can manage a team. We can both work remotely. We can manage people remotely and the team can still be successful, you know, such that, you know, we can be back in the office right now. And I would say three quarters of my team still is not been to the office yet, or for the most part, just not going to be there. And I think at some point, some of them might transition, but honestly, is what I said, as long as you're productive and effective, it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter where you work. And if you can be home and throw in your load of laundry and get your work done at the same time, amen. I mean, I don't care. I just need you to be productive. And if you're able to be productive in your own life and, 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 and create more time for yourself at the same time you're using my time, I don't care. So I, I, I'm really grateful for that. And this week, this winter, I, I worked six weeks really remote, went south where it was warmer because my wife hates the cold. And uh, it was great being able to uh, to spend weekends at the beach and hang out by the pool in January. And uh, you, you can't do that in Pennsylvania very Not well. Not at all, huh? <laughs> Unless you're Wim Hof, then then, <laughs> then maybe yeah. you can pull that off. Yeah. I can't do cold showers like that, sorry. Yeah, so. well, you know, and, and I know that was a big thing for you and I, as we, as we work together, you know, so I've had the chance to work with, with, with Jim, you know, since, since we met and I'll never forget how we met. Like I've never had anyone at a speaking engagement. So I was speaking at an event, a mutual friend of ours now, Nelson Griswold invited me to speak at one of his events. And then uh, there's Jim Blachek, Blachek, sorry, Blachek in the audience. And then you, you, he pulls out his cell phone and I did a 90 minute presentation and his whole time he had his arm up and he was taking notes. He's switching hands. And I, I can still say to this day, nobody has ever <laughs> done that. And I, I take it as honor that you, you know, felt like you got that much value from just, just an amazing moment. And from that moment, just reflecting, the reason I even brought that up is that I remember that you and your partner weren't always seeing eye to eye. And, you know, there was that struggle. And then also that you wanted these things in your life. You wanted to start talking about productivity, adding more productivity, being able to choose when and where you work, have more business and more life. And so I think, you know, you know, maybe share in the last, I think was about 24 months. So this is like before 2020, you were already making these shifts. And then through 2020, I think you're right. It sped them up. But maybe share a little bit of, of that transition because, you know, there's so many executives and founders of companies like yours that get in this thing where you create a treadmill and then you're wondering how to get off and, and keep your business, keep your valuation and not, you know, not break the treadmill when you try to get off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. And so I've uh, had a business partner since 19, really 92, 91, but been a while. And so it, it's a, it's an equal marriage and, and truly it is a marriage. Um, and, uh, uh, we both, um, you know, I, for the longest time, I think I acquiesced to, to most of his decisions. And, you know, the last three years, I began to, 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 to learn how to be a better decision maker and, and, and fight for some decisions. And so we were reaching a loggerhead where 
I wanted to, 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 to build the business one way and he didn't feel as strongly about that. And so um, through probably the first time I had come out to, to one of your events, Steve, I had the ability, and I think that might have been more business, more life. I'm not sure which one it was. I think it was, um, yeah. And it, um, it it allowed me to 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 understand that my desires were all right to have, but also it it, it helped me to focus that I can put myself into his shoes and understand where he is coming from. And so it no no longer was this, you know, he against me. It was okay. This is what I'd like. This is what I feel, but trying to empathize with how he felt. And so why he was, you know, why the, this counter argument was there. And so um, it allowed us to have some open conversation and to begin to move down the path I wanted to go to with me also uh, doing some things I didn't necessarily want to do to be able to help him uh, do what he, you know, so we're kind of operating a couple businesses. And, and so uh, I was trying to grow one side and, and at the same time, our revenue is all over here. Try to help him make sure that the revenue doesn't drop because it, it's nice to pay bills. Yeah, and so um, it was. It's been an interesting journey, and um, you know the good thing is it certainly helped our communication process. And he's grown quite a bit, even though he hasn't worked with you. And I tried to get him to work with you, and uh, he's grown such that he's now probably much closer in alignment to where I was two years ago is where he is today. He's since subsequently bought a home in Florida so he can work remotely from there in the winter. And so it's been an interesting development, growth. Yeah. Sometimes by just making the changes in our life, the people that are closest to us start making similar changes just because they're around us. You know, it, it makes it makes things possible possible. It's not always the case, but in this case, it's so beautiful. I'm so happy that, you know, you two have been able to work together so long and it's, it is like marriage, you know, some, sometimes everything's really nice. And then sometimes you don't see eye to eye and in my marriage and I've had uh, business partnerships too, you know, sometimes in those conflicts, it comes out even better. You know, you come out on the other side and it really does to your point, take getting to know each other's desires so you can meet each other where they are instead of just having the difference you know, uh, of, of opinion. And sometimes through that discovery, you find that you do, you do want different things. But in this case, it seems like there was actually more alignment than disalignment. Once you discovered that, you know, once you were able to get deep enough to find that it feels, is that, would you say that's true? Yeah. And, and it, it was the, it was finally coming to an understanding both with myself that there's some things that are worth fighting for when you feel strongly enough, but there's other things uh, like a marriage, it's it's not worth it's not worth the, the, the fight. You don't need to fight about everything. Uh, yeah. And so uh, it's it's about relationship and, and whether you know whether male 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 female or whatever. It's all it's all relationships. It's all it's all you know trying to understand where that person is coming from, so that we're able to empathize with them and and, and maybe um, correct our thoughts or maybe help them come to a difference of an you know a different thought process themselves. And so it's been yeah. good. It, 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 you know, really so many of our life, you know, when I think about one of the things I'm the most grateful for, there are many, but one thing that if I bring one commonality, it, it is relationships. And, and with that being said, then in order to have this human experience, 
you know, togetherness, as we've already brought up on this conversation, and then communication is, is, are some of the biggest things that, you know, are there. And so, you know, when we think of business, when we think about marketing, when we think about sales, when we think about our team, right? Like having employees, guess what helps all of those? Communication, right? So, you know, uh, some of the courses that I teach, they have different names because again, communication, They people buy more sales. They buy improving their team training, but really guess what I'm teaching most of the time? Uh, yeah, big spoiler, right? Communication so that we can communicate better to our team. We can communicate better to our partner. And I remember that epiphany. I, I, I actually can picture you in the course when you came to California. And I remember after I showed the way that I dig deep and some of those questions that I ask, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to use this as my business partner. And and then, you know, and it's not used as a tool to take advantage of something else. It's actually used as a tool to discover, to like figure out, and then you can better communicate. If you know what someone wants or they don't want, guess what? You can choose. Then you have, it, it gives you more information to make the right choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so beautiful. So, and then just since we're this deep into this, so now after having these changes, implementing this into your team, implementing this into your partnership, implementing this into your, your sales, you know, maybe tell me, if, you know, how that's the results. I know you already said that you spent, you know, weeks in Florida, but maybe if you can share like what's happened in the last 24 months. Yeah. I mean, it's, and so it's allowed us to really have more paths to the future, whether it's to sell it outright, whether it's to continue to hire good people to help manage the process and the team, where so we can step away farther and just create a lifestyle business that that's and so it, it's 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 allowed us to now have more options for the future. We don't have to make a decision on what the future will be. We'll just make we'll continue to make the right decisions today so that we have additional we have even more options in the future. So it's just it, it, it's it's propelled us along some good decision making and, and building of a business. So whether we keep it or sell it, we've strengthened the business, we've increased EBITDA, we've increased profitability, and not at the expense of people, right? So it's not the, you know because we're not paying people. No, it's just because we're becoming much more efficient and proficient at what we're doing. Yeah, that's. Um that's profound. You know, I, and I think that's the new way of thinking of business because, you know, when you read about like, you know, Andrew Carnegie or, you know, Rockefeller, it was like squeezing the business, which was a lot of labor, especially with the steel business to create those margins that you're talking about. And now, you know, through the way that we work now, it, it's a different world for one, but I think the consciousness is different. You know, you're you're actually caring for the people and and taking care of them. Back to your point, the employees are what make a business. Otherwise, you just have a job. And 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 you know, this allows this allowment to create that efficiency so that you can you create a margin, so you can create profits that then you can, you know, do other things. That's that's what you're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, and life's fun. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. 
I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. It's so, it's so good, you know, to be a part, you're, you're lifting up everyone that you touch then because your, your business is to help other businesses have the same expression, right? To help their employees. You're helping all those employees. You're helping your employees. You're having, uh, you're increasing the quality of life for yourself and your family. Yeah. I love it. And, and you're having fun. I think fun just to talk about that for a second is, is, is the indication of being on the right direction, like joy. Like, I think we are supposed to have feelings. You know, a lot of times me growing, when I was growing up, we were, you know, not wanting to show our feelings, but I, I find that the feelings are, are guidance systems, you know, like it tells you this isn't good. Let's not go that way. Oh, this is fun. I enjoy this. Oh, let's go that way. So, you know, joy in itself is an indicator, you know, I I guess, you know, curious, like how is that, does that help you? Like, how do you make these decisions now as you're navigating to find the life that you want? Well, I mean, I know I'm trying to use, you know, the overall theme of, you know, without employees, I have no business. And so without, you know, and so I, I, I want to treat people the way they should be treated as, as, as the most valuable asset. And so whether they're my employees or they, they're employees of, you know, of an employer, you know, that's, that's, that's the lifeblood of, of that company. And so, you know, they need, they need better access to higher quality healthcare and they need to save money. And, and so, uh, you know, I've been able to deliver, um, you know, some keynote addresses, around this this subject trying to change how we're delivering healthcare to employees because we need to change how it's done. We need people in my industry to think differently than they think today. You know, they were so focused on selling a product that they, they lost the human connection. What they were doing was affecting people. And, and we, you know, we had create, we, we've created this population of functionally uninsured people. They have health insurance. They just can't afford to use it. Well, What's the point? And so it's to, it's to change that. It's to, it's to give them, truly give them access to higher quality healthcare that's, that, that's affordable. And affordable that, can be no out-of-pocket cost. So. No out-of-pocket. That's crazy. I have, you know, some of these things you say, and, and I can't let them brush by, you know, that, that what you just said is that you have people that are insured that can't afford to use Basically, can't afford to use their insurance or, or use their health care that they have access to. They have a $5,000 deductible, but they don't have $500. What, what good does that do them? So they, they get, you know, they spend $4,000. They don't get anything from it. And, and now they've got a $3,500 debt that they have to pay $10 a, a month for the next 
36, you know, whatever, three, 30, 360. I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, you know, it, 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 that, that is, that's not living. That's existing. People should live. And, I, and I've seen it too, Jim. I've worked in healthcare and I've seen people, I've seen loved ones that passed away because they didn't want to call for the help that they needed because they didn't want their family to have a financial burden. You know, I've talked to widows personally because you know how I, I, I get deep and understand uh, those that we're working with so that we can, you know, we can continue to better serve them as part of this communication. And so I've had those conversations directly, like, and it's just, um, and that's, I think why you and I resonated so much when I first met you and even why I took the speaking engagement to talk to Nelson's group with next gen benefits, because, you know, you and all your colleagues in that group are, are leading this type of change and, and you're making it, it's not, just an idea. You guys are way past concept stage. I mean, you have real deliverables and you've done it over and over. So maybe maybe speak to that because I think there are still people out there that don't think this is possible. They're just going along, you know, wherever you are in your business. Uh, and I and I've got to say this, you know, and I'll let you, you know, share this more, but you know, many of you have been doing this for over a decade. You know, some, some of the ones, some of the ones I know and the people that did this 10 years ago, it was like completely radical, but we're beyond the radical point. Now it's uh, implementation. You've been doing, you know, this has been happening for a while. These systems are in place. You know what you're doing. So it is plausible to make this change and to be able to, like you said, uh, and I'm just echoing this because it's so powerful. You're giving better care. You're taking care of your employees. And if your employees aren't healthy, how are they showing up for work, right? And then even the stress. If what if one of their kids have to go to the doctor and now they don't have that five grand? Now they're showing, are they really showing up? Are they living? That that mindset that we come back with, this goes back into depression. I mean, the whole circle. And then it also affects the businesses because they're paying more and more every year, traditionally, right? We're paying more and more for all this healthcare that are not being like all these things. So can, I guess the question would be after that long echo there, uh, I just want to reinforce this is so powerful, but can you explain like how this is like tried and proven? I mean, these are, these are systems yeah. that you've been doing over and over. So, you know, the, traditionally, businesses, whether they're a business of five or a business of 5,000, have, have felt healthcare is uncontrollable. And so they don't understand that the reason their health insurance is expensive is because they're, the, the, the way their employees are accessing the healthcare system is expensive. And there's, there's a significant amount of waste built into the healthcare system. So the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services estimate 30% of all healthcare spend is fraud, waste, or abuse. Well, does that bring any value of care to anybody? Fraud, waste, or abuse? Well, no. And so what the, the group that we're part of has been able to recognize that we've been able to look at healthcare just like any other business um, unit. And we've been able to break it down into what we call the healthcare supply chain, understanding that there's there's four major components that we're able to, 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 to we have multiple tools and strategies we can use to help eliminate the waste, fraud, or abuse that's built into that supply chain. So if you think of a dollar of, of, claim, of claim costs, about 20 cents of that every dollar spent on pharmacies, pieces. 
and and you know, and so in each company is different, but in and and in, in, in inpatient is thirty cents, and 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 doctors visits are twenty two, and uh, and outpatient is, is another twenty or thirty, whatever. So we're able to focus on each one of those areas to help a company eliminate the waste that's within that area. And some companies might touch all four of those areas, and some might only touch one. But they're able to begin to take back control of their healthcare costs, which which reduces their insurance. And so that's the difference. It's discussing with employers, hey, there is a different way to do this. It's different than anything you've ever heard. It's different than what 99% of any broker will ever talk about because it is hard. It's not easy. It's, it, 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 and it's an evolving process. It's an evolving science, really. And, and so we're consistently and consistently changing, adding, tweaking, revising, re-educating, re-engaging. So it's a lot more hands-on with what we do, but ultimately it's delivering results for employers and employees. You know, some companies have been able to reduce what employees are paying towards the cost of their healthcare. At the same time, they're reducing or, or creating zero deductible plans where an employee can access the healthcare system and have no out-of-pocket cost. And so is that being done across the nation? It is in pockets and pieces. And so we're just trying to get more companies, more advisors to understand there's a better way to do this that's much different than anything they've done in the past. And it's uh, what I've realized that people, you know, change is scary. And, 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 I, and, I, and I could be wrong, but I think the majority of people, majority of companies fear change more than they fear shitty results they have today. You know, they're willing to, you know, I, I have a conversation. They're willing to accept failure in what they're doing. They're willing to say, I'm willing to take 8 or 10 or 12% rate increases every year. I'm going to do the same thing. It's unsustainable, but we're going to do it. When there's better ways to do it, maybe we... I was going to say, not only is it under uh, unsustainable, but then you're also harming the people in your business. Yeah. I mean, all they've been doing is shifting the burden of care onto the employee's shoulders. You know, they're raising deductibles and increasing what they pay out of pocket. Is it affordable? I mean, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a loaded word. Well, and I've seen statistics where, you know, the amount of raises that employees have gotten uh, since the like early 90s to now has continually gone down at the same rate, guess what, as the increase of insurance premiums. So that you could really say, that those premiums could have went into wages. So, you know, like to your point, not only can you start to save money, but you can actually keep the talented people in your company. You can reduce their stress levels. They're going to show up at a better, you know, like these are the things, these are fundamental things. Like with more business, more life, I want to see people working less hours, earning more, taking more holidays. And, you know, the companies that have trusted us and taken on these philosophies have actually had exponential growth in, in, in many areas, and even the ones that didn't have exponential growth, they had growth. And not only that, their team are shining, they're working less because everyone is, you know, working in a team fashion. And, um, you know, in some ways, looking at the past, that faded away, right? There used to be this, this pride in the company that you work for. 
And we've seen that kind of fade away and it didn't matter. You just have a job and you go to job to job. What's beautiful about this and the work that you do and, and beyond with everything that we're, this whole expression of this conversation we've just had is you're bringing it back to the people. And, and, and then this also in a great way also works financially. And I think that, I don't, I don't think there's a coincidence. I think the universe is, is rewarding our good efforts, right? You know, uh, you know, it's so it's it's uh, bringing this opportunity so then we can talk business, you know, in, in some ways it's allowing for the numbers to make sense. And I think, you know, to your point about change, it's uh, which I'd like to spend a few more minutes on. You know, I think most people fundamentally uh, and I learned this as I study more mindset, you know, they talk about the seven year itch, you know, like a lot of people like make some change every seven years, approximately like that's, that's the majority of our population. And it's statistically, if you look at it and you look at all the numbers, about 70% of the population likes that. And, and the saying that goes with that is they want evolution, not revolution. You know, most of the population th- about three quarters of the population, they want slow shifts rather than a radical. And what we are talking about is radical, you know, this, so, you know, it's finding those inroads to make that change. But I think it, but it takes a radical uh, thing to like get over this. I mean, you know, if people are in harm's way, you and I both have seen people die because of not having the care that they need. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that's radical. And, and what do you want with your business? Going back to your saying, you don't have a business without employees. If we don't care for that, and you can look at so many statistics, look at Southwest when they started, they got publicly, they they got ridicule, even, you know, they were possibly going to have legal action against them because when they went public, your fiduciary right is to the investors and they publicly said, no, it's not. And then people said, oh, what is it, your customers? And they're like, nope, it's our employees. If we take care of our employees, then they'll take, they'll take care of our customers. And if our customers are taken care of, then we should have a profit. And then our investors will be taken care of. But that's the order of our philosophy. And it's profound. It was radical. People, you know, judge them for this. But if you actually look at in in hindsight now, they're the longest. Uh, and I don't know where they are now. I haven't looked at the numbers. But prior to 2020, they were the the longest profitable airline in the world. They up until COVID, they hadn't laid anybody off, and I think they they had a union issue with some pilots. And I think I don't know what I know that they had said notice that they're going to have layoffs. And that was the first time they ever were going to have any layoffs. In like 41 years or something crazy. (laughs) And that's taking care of your employees. And so, so I think when, when things are radical, like people dying, people not being able, and you know, it, 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 from a moral standpoint, from a, uh, you know, just being conscious, right. Just, that's why I, you know, really, we strive with our company to work with socially conscious companies that are that are wanting to you know improve people's lives improve the planet you know anybody that's making it better instead of making it worse you know that's who i want to serve you know because i'm good at what i do so why would i invest in that and then when you think that down to when you take that down to a compartment of a business how do we want to light that up? And and to your point, it starts with our team. If we don't have a team, and then, like you said, if you don't have employees, a team, whatever word you want to put to that, you know, because it could also be your vendors and all that, all those ancillary items that bring everything together to create what you're creating. 
if we don't take care of that system, then then you don't have a business, and then yeah, then all then that ripples down, right? Because then that affects all those um, those the people that you're supporting all these lives. It's like a web, you know. So I think yeah. so. To your point, yes, it's change, but I think we have to also you know, look at the yin and yang of this, like what is going to be lost? What's the radical thing that's going to happen if you don't go down the, this path of change? Yeah. I mean, uh, just, um, I'm a capitalist at heart and I just feel that the capitalism should be when it's done correctly, much more efficient than a governmental run service. And so, but if we continue down the path we are, I, I, I don't think there'll, there'll be a choice but to go down a governmental run service. So it has to change. You know, the thing about that, oh, so I was going to, you know, the thing I, I, you're touching on a big point because I think capitalism gets such a bad rap because there are some people that have taken advantage. They've done things that, that were bad. We know about this. And then the, the same side goes to the government. We know through you know the information act and those things that have been released we've been lied to they've uh, taken from us you know and it's hard for me to sit there where people are like oh the government should get involved more and uh they're gonna take care of us and then i i look at it this way this is the and and if anybody has an argument against this i'm happy to have the conversation because you know i'm open to to you know continuing my learning but i would say this if someone stole your wallet is that the person you're going to choose to watch your house when you go on a on a trip? It's like you stole my wallet. Can you watch my house? I mean, like you know. So we already know that we've been wrong, and not one person have I talked to that are like, no, the government's great. They do everything. It's all good, right? So are you going to give more control to things that we don't already know or have accountability or oversight for in a proper way, and that and and give more? You know, so I don't think that's the answer either. But we have we have to have capitalism in a conscious way, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the thing. I think that's it. If we put people first before profits and, and then actually profits come and everyone that I know that has done that, they put the people first, they actually all have more profits. They're able to pay everyone on their team more. Everyone re- gets re- these rewards. So, you know, you know, conscious capitalism is, I think the, the, the term that's been most used, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether whether it's corporate power or whether it's government power, it's, and so, it's extreme, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I think I, I like the term conscious capitalism, right? Because it, 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 it's it's about caring. You know, I care about my people. I care about you know the I care about the environment. I care about every, everything. And, but I, but I want to be profitable, but I want to do it in a manner that doesn't impose improperly on anybody. Yeah. And there's really nothing wrong to being profitable because, you know, I heard a saying once, you know, no margin, no mission. You know, if you don't have a margin, if you don't have a profit, you don't have a mission. You know, it goes back to win-win, that simple philosophy of a win-win scenario. We've gotten to a world, I've seen it so often now, where a win is as long as the people you're working with are winning, even if you're losing. But let's face it, that doesn't work. If you build a company and you give everything to the point where you're losing, right? And it feels good because you're like, oh, here, everyone have all this. That business will not survive. 
and then it'll be gone. And then at what service is it doing? So you can give and give and give, but you have to keep some water. If you, if you have an empty cup, you have, you can't quench anyone's thirst. So I think as a business owner and being conscious, we have to run a business that is profitable so that we can, they, we, we can keep the water tank full and we can quench all the thirsts of the people that are reasonable, you know, because another thing I always say is if you want to get people across the lake or the river and your boat has holes in it, it's not responsible to get as many people from the shore on your boat. You get halfway out there, the boat starts sinking. You're telling people to throw buckets over out of the out of the boat. Oh, it's good. And then, you know, then and you all sink, you know, like how is that responsible? So the first thing you got to do is fix your boat, then go back, even get a bigger boat, go get more people. But we can do this, but you can't do it with a broken boat. <laughs> yep. yep. So, you know, I think for you and your vision and all the businesses you've seen as we as we wrap up this conversation and we've you know and thank you for exploring all these things and and being open around all these things and then bringing up these big concepts that I think are critical for the success of conscious capitalism right to be able to you know change the way people look at capitalism and the good that you're doing like with your business and how you're literally saving people's lives and allowing them to live a fruitful life because they're not having to claim bankruptcy with insurance. I have a job. I, I might even have a good paying job and I have insurance and I'm having to have bankruptcy because I got all this credit card debt because of medical bills, right? So you're making that change for the business owners that are out there and maybe they're, they, they have, maybe they're, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, yeah, maybe I have been complacent. Maybe I have been overlooking these changes. You know, with all the years of experience you have, Jim, like what what would you say to that person that is is not taking that step for change? Like what's the first step to help them open this door or even just crack the door open to, to hear what's going on? Honestly, it's just the first step is the first step, right? It's, it's like you, I wish I wish I had a tree with that had shade. If you don't ever plant that tree, you're never going to get the shade. And so, you know, do I wish I had planted it 30 years ago? Absolutely. Did I? No. But if I plant it today, will I have that shade in 30 years? And so it's, it's understanding that until you're willing to make a change and do that first step, that's it. Just be willing to make a change. So, you know, I always say that, what is it? The, um, the pain of change, or change will never occur until the, the fear of the pain of change is less than the actual pain you're in today, right? Yeah. You know, my, I, I, it hurts when I hit my hand with a hammer. Well, why are you doing it? Because, well, that's what I've always done, right? Stop. Yeah. yeah. Pull your hand away. Don't hit it. Oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Well, exactly. <laughs> to me, well, I, I, I think people just get in this mindset. Well, you know, it's like your, your, your analogy where you're talking about, you know, you're, you're breaking rocks and you just, if I keep breaking the rocks harder, the, you know, well, it's, it's, it's no different, right? If, if what you're doing, if, you're, if your healthcare costs are so unsustainable that you're going to be bankrupt in three years, if you don't make a change, you're going to be bankrupt in three years, right? It's, it's that definition of insanity. You've right. got to be with So until that fear of change is less than the, than the real pain they're in today. And so it's just trying to get people to understand there, is, there are better ways to do it. Is it different? Absolutely. Is it hard? Yes, it is. But, you know, nothing in life that's easy is usually as productive as something that is done 
where, where it's, it's taken some work to do it. Yeah. And it might take some work. And even just to put a little note on that, I think it all is step by steps. You know, I think the thing that when you look at the big picture, it, it, uh, it looks radical and it, it may even look hard and there probably is work, right? I mean, we know there's work, but you know, just, uh, the one thing I always say is you just keep break it down to the simplest step and you do one step at a time. If you're building a house and every day you wake up and you say, I'm building a house, I'm building a house. And on your calendar, it says, build house, build house. No, you're not. One day you're going to flatten the land. One day you're going to frame foundation. You know, maybe that's going to take you a week even, and then you're going to pour your foundation and then you're going to do this. You know, you're doing all these little things. So the fear goes away when you take the first, to your point. And I just wanted to accentuate that you take that first step and then you keep taking steps. You just do one step at a time. And if you can just all focus on that one step, you can achieve anything. Just like you said, you can plant a seed and one day have a tree. And I think then it makes, it can actually make it easy instead of being in this numb world. Oh, why are you burning your hand on the hot skillet? Oh, I was told no pain, no gain. And to be honest, it doesn't hurt anymore because you know, my hand's numb, you know, and then they're just still there burning their hand. Um, you know, and there's a, there's a reason for those nerve endings. They were telling you to do something different. And so I think, you know, all of this, I think if I could look at our conversation today, Jim, and I'm so grateful that you shared so much with us today, it's just to be willing to, to think differently and however hard or radical that might seem, if you can just take the one step at a time, I, I love what you're saying, then you can change anything and you can have the improvement in your life. It's, uh, and what I've learned, you think, in the last four or five years is that, to me, the change has really created energy and vitality in my life. To me, change is no longer fearful. Change is exciting and interesting. And, you know, when you, when you keep doing the same thing every day for the last 50 years, there's, there's not a lot of excitement in your life, but when you say, I'm going to try something different and you do it, or you know, maybe you move somewhere, you don't know people and you get to know new people. And, you know, that change can bring vitality and energy into your life. It's, it's so big. And what is life? This goes back to the beginning of our conversation to live, to let energy be, to have that expression of life. This is, uh, you know, we're in this body, this life, wherever you are, however you're listening to this. And you and I both, Jim, we're here living this life in these bodies. And, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is honor that by letting ourselves express this energy. And so I think, you know, it's it's really in the end, if we say there's one choice, it's choosing to live. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's it. I I, I love, you know, so many things, but it brings to that to that, to that piece. I, I can't express my gratitude enough to, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, that you're in my life, that I'm grateful for the service that you provide right now, what you're doing, you know, you know, what, what you've gone through with your family and, and be willing and able to share that and make an impact on people's lives, just to, to be here and share the essence of more business and more life. You, you really are living that essence. And I appreciate you taking the time today to be on the show. Well, I, you know, I thank I thank you. I'm grateful for Nelson for for having you come speak. Uh, I'm grateful that you know meeting you uh, during that same meeting. I met uh, a dear friend of mine who worked with you, 
uh, who we've become best buds. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's when you're open yourself to opportunities and changes and new experiences, uh, some really neat things can happen in your life. It re- it's really true. Yeah, and, you know, the worst case, you choose something and you don't like it, you can go back to what you already have. <laughs> you know it's, it's, so so i think it's beautiful well i'm i'm sure uh we'll at some point have you back on the show again there's so many more layers to everything that we talked about you know thank you so much and i just want to uh anyone here the listening you know let us know what you what was most valuable we'll put the information in the show notes for you to get a hold of uh, jim and his company and uh, if you have more inquiries around, you know, around some of the stuff that he does. And uh, as always, remember, until our next show, choose gratitude, as we talked about so much today, and you will create freedom. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.